Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello and welcome to Broken but Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by MJ Max. How are you doing this evening, MJ? I'm not too bad. How's yourself? I'm very well. Do you know if you try and look up you on youtube you just get lots of pj mask videos yeah, videos of pj I mask get ripped that for a while by all my friends <laughs> that's, that's all i hear <laughs> i did manage to find a couple of matches to watch but it was, i was just wading through P, pj mask was my, my four-year-old loves so he was quite happy wanting to watch all the pj mask videos i said no we need to watch the wrestling videos <laughs> <laughs> You might find some TK Maxx adverts as well. You never know what you find when you search my name up. <laughs> you never know. Uh, so how have you been surviving lockdown? Uh, during lockdown, yeah, I've, I've been all right. I've, I've definitely missed wrestling, as I think we all have. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's kind of, if anything, re- reignited the fire that I've got under me to to wrestle again and to go back to shows. Yeah, I've been badgering my local promoter, Wrestle Island, from more DVDs because we've been watching the same five DVDs on repeat because my five-year-old misses Wrestle Island that much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been like binging any series you would like to recommend to the listeners? Uh, oh, it was at the beginning of lockdown. I think we were all, uh, if I can talk for everyone probably listening, I think everyone was kind of binging Sex Education, Tiger King. Mm. I think Netflix really graced us with some absolute use when it, when lockdown first happened but but recently i've just tried to focus on training uh have a few rest days here and there watching the wwe network every now and then to revise mm-hmm. watching my old matches uh, cool what, what about wrestling wise are you a wrestling fan who watches it quite regularly um honestly i can't remember a time when i didn't watch wrestling all, all i remember as a kid was going around to my friend's house with a nintendo ds and playing fifa 03 or something on the ds and yeah. watching yeah. smackdown on the background oh, well. <laughs> it was i i can't remember a time in my life where I, I wasn't thinking about wrestling or i wasn't watching wrestling or i wasn't waking up every day looking for the next update of wrestling it was it's always always been a part of me was well, a way to date the interview so did you enjoy SummerSlam and NXT at the weekend or um I did I I enjoyed for the first time in a while this is going to sound strange to some people I enjoyed the main roster show more than I enjoyed TakeOver and that's, yes, nothing, I. <laughs> that's nothing against TakeOver because TakeOver is normally the weekend show stealer but mm. there was just something that it missed for me I think that, I think the takeover was trying to be trying or trying to do something a bit different, maybe counteract AEW. They're trying to be a bit rather than put like four or five star matches out work rate matches that we all love. They're trying to do a bit for everybody. So they had technical match to start the match, and then they had the ladder match, and then the great women's match. They had yeah, the, yeah. the cards back to finish it. I think they'll try. It was most main roster takeover. I think I've ever, yeah, so it was it was a great takeover. I think. 
I think my favourite match from the takeover would probably have to be Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Yeah, he can't have just been back training for some training for a while. Yeah, you'd, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? You would really like to think so. Well, he used, to, he used to be Rune's mate to Baron Corbin, so maybe he went to a couple of training sessions with him. <laughs> oh, possibly. You never know. So you back in like full-time wrestling training or not? Uh, it's, it's next month I'm planning. We're, we're recording this, what, the end of, of August? I think the and plan August. is for me to go back to training as, as much as I can mid-September to the late of September and just absolutely smash it out. But still to this day, I'm going to the gym, I'm exercising, doing more cardio more than anything mm. and getting ready for that. For that first session, which is gonna, which is gonna be a bit of a pain, taking a bump for the first time in six months. Yeah, I've heard a couple of wrestlers saying they're gonna, they've left it a couple of weeks, just so they've got this feeling that lots of new people are gonna try and come into the wrestling school, so they're waiting for them to weed, weed them to weed out. They'll, they'll go back full time. Yeah, that that's got the same kind of feeling as New Year's when everyone says they've got a New Year's resolution to go to yeah. the gym, and you, you leave it a month or two, and you go back, and no one's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same kind of feeling. So, 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 how how much are you looking forward to that first bump back? Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I know, I know, some people will say that um, they can't wait to get the first bump over with, and the second yeah, bump yeah. will be even better because they'll be used to it. But even to just step in between, to just feel stepping in between the ropes, or to run the ropes, or to just back, just back up into the turnbuckles, or even take a bump or a roll. Yeah, I just yeah. can't wait for it. This is Joey Fabulous, and you're listening to Broken Foot Glorious, and that is fabulous. So, who was your favourite wrestler growing up? Favourite wrestler growing up? Oh, favourite wrestler growing up. If I remember, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Sin Cara. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, my, my five-year-old's got a slight obsession with... It was, it was a slight obsession with anybody masked. He called everybody who had a mask on Ray. Yeah. <laughs> The, 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 the rays, they weren't Ray Mysterio, they were just cut rays. That's it. That was his word for mass dress when he was little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed with Sin Cara. His, he's got the yellow Sin Cara figure, and that's him. That's that's the that's Isaac, the wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the mask. I had the, the blue and, I think it was blue and gold armbands. Yes. And I, wore, I wore them blue and gold armbands. I kid you not, everywhere I went. Yeah, I, I, I refused to take them off. It was like it was like a religion. I I, I refused to take them off. Wow. <laughs> so what was it about Sinkari like so much? Um, I think when I was I think when I was a kid, I was just because obviously Rey Mysterio was such a big and still is quite a big name. I, I I'm one of them that always looks more into the future than to what's right in front of me. So I thought that Sinkari was going to be that guy to for Ray to pass the torch onto. So I did look at Sin Cara as being one of the next big kind of luchadors. Not saying he wasn't, but I thought he was gonna he was gonna exceed like Rey Mysterio. I thought he was gonna be absolutely amazing, and I was I was obsessed with the with the look, with the the jump over the top rope, with the blue and gold, and just everything. I was obsessed with. It. Yeah, he he came in just as I was getting back into wrestling. So my oldest when he was five or six in like 2011, was getting, he started liking wrestling again. So I was like, ooh, yes. Next excuse to watch wrestling. I hadn't really watched it for <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> I kind of kept up the results, but not really watched it full time since I was a teenager. Probably since mid, mid-90s. I, I kind of flicked back in in 2001 when the 
the uh, the invasion angle happened. I watched it for about eight months and then oh, moved out oh, moved out with my girlfriend. Didn't have Sky, so just stopped watching it again. <laughs> didn't have stuff. <laughs> so what prompted you to Dawn of Titan to get into the ring? Um, again, it, it's just ever since I was a kid, I was I was hooked onto it. I was I was never as a kid. I never thought about becoming a professional wrestler. Mm. But as I got older and older, and the whole kind of People saying, just chase your dreams, do this, do that, do whatever you want. It was literally just a spur-in-the-moment thing, and that sounds ridiculous, but it was. I was just sitting in my bedroom, and I was strolling through Facebook, and all of a sudden, this wrestling academy just pops up out of nowhere, and I realised yeah. it's about 40, wow. 50 wow. minutes down the road. Oh, cool. So I thought, I'll give it a go. Why not? I'll, you know, I'll sign up for a few weeks, see how it goes, see if, I'm, you know, see if I can actually have a feel for it, because... I was a fan, so, I mean, we're all fans at the end of the day, so why not give it a go? And after the first day, I just, I was, again, I use this word a lot, but I was absolutely hooked. I just, I wanted the next session to come, and then the next session to come. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that if you can survive the first session. It... Yeah, there was a few people that didn't survive the first session when I went. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never seen them again or heard from them since, but the people that have, have um, yeah, a few of them have, have, have yeah, they've, they've lasted. Yeah, regularly. No, the Regulars, our, our yeah. co yeah our, our co-host Nick he literally went to one training session and he hurt so much he never went back <laughs> <laughs> and he, even even Pat McAfee he said after the match he's like yes I want to do this full time but then the next day foot hurts it's back hurts <laughs> now he's reconsidering whether he'd want to be a full time wrestler now <laughs> after this match the, amount, the amount of times I've walked back through the curtain and I've I've not even realised I've got like a cut on my arm or a, a like a cut on my leg or something like that and I don't realise until after I leave the venue and I see a bunch of blood everywhere and I'm like, oh, where's this Aww. come from? <laughs> where's this come from? I've not felt this in ages. Because as the adrenaline goes, then does the pain hit and you're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, I think the next day, I think everyone can say, uh, if they've wrestled a match, the next, the morning after, you don't really want to get out of bed. So so was Sinkara like who you wanted to like mould your style around when you started training? Or, um, or had you moved on? Sinkara. I, I was, yeah, I kind of moved on from Sinkara when I when I and it sounds horrible when I first when I really started growing up and kind of watching wrestling a lot more and being more serious about watching wrestling because when I was a kid I just watched it for the fact of I thought it was magical I thought the whole experience was just amazing and then when I grew up I started to see it more seriously and I started to read the storylines I started to see the characters and I'm more I didn't really build my first character or first gimmick around anyone. But the movesets, yeah. I definitely kind of watched a lot of wrestling from Japan and America and even Italy. I think I revised some some uh, wrestlers in Italy at some point. And I kind of just tried to mesh it all together. I wanted yeah. to be yeah. this. When I first started, I wanted to be this hybrid guy that that um, could do almost pretty much everything. That could, you know, fly off the top rope can put you in a wrist lock a, a thousand times, a thousand different ways, or can just quite simply clean your lights out with a with a right hook. <laughs> so do you have an idea of what your character you wanted to be when you start training? The first gimmick that I ever had and the first gear that I ever had, which I will never, ever wear again, is, <laughs> <laughs> is red and yellow gear, and it was in the shape. Uh, the, yellow, the yellow bit of the gear was in the shape of, like, gladiator... Like the gladiator gear, do you know what they wear on the short? Oh, yeah. And they, and they yeah. have like the uh, triangle things dangling off the off the top. Yes. The first gear looked a bit like that, but 
I asked for like dark red and gold, and they gave me bright red and bright yeah. yellow, and it <laughs> it just didn't work. So I've I've worn that once, and that's now that's now in the retired bit of the of the of the uh, attires. And the name was, if I remember, my name was Mason Maximus. And I, I was still quite green at that point. So I didn't really have like a character and a gimmick and, you know, everything mm. set like, this is what I want to put on main roster shows. I just thought of a random name. I came up with some attire and I thought, you know what, let's chuck it out there. Let's throw some arm drags in the match. Let's throw some off the, off the middle rope, off the top rope in there. And let's see what happens. And since then, I've completely changed our wrestle. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine like a, a Roman gimmick would have to be. I, I'm guessing you were a teenager when you. So I'm, I, yeah. I, I, I think you'd have to be like at least your early thirties to pull off a Roman gladiator gimmick. Yeah, you need a good stature. Yeah, being five foot, being five foot nine, five foot ten, and weighing under 150 pounds, I don't think that helped. I don't think that helped my case one bit. <laughs> when it when it going to be in a, a Roman gladiator? So I think when I, when I think Roman gladiator, and I'm, I'm thinking 300 and Russell Crowe. Oh, 300, banger of a film, banger <laughs> of a film. <laughs> 302 is not very. But 300 was. No, no, let's not mention that one. But 300 number one, absolutely, all the way. Alright, take us back to your first match. Yeah. What do you remember about it in hindsight? Was it any good? Have you been back and watched it? I've watched, watched it, it more times than count, to be fair. I still watch it to this day, which is crazy now that I've had a fair few more matches. Mm. But I still watch the very first match back to this day. I watch how I kind of reacted with the crowd. I watched, you know, bits where I messed up a little bit and bits where I could sell better and where I could bump more. You know, I'm going back to even the match after that and the match after that to this day to just make sure I'm better than I ever was. But I remember, yeah, I remember the entire day I was very, very nervous. I remember almost making my entrance, hearing my music hit. Mm -hmm. And the adrenaline started to really go through me at that point. I can remember feeling my arms and my legs just start shaking uncontrollably. And I remember just being ready to run around the curtain and scream at the top of my lungs. Yeah. <laughs> had you planned your entrance? Come on, guys. Let's go yeah. to my first wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. All my family on the front row, giving it big un. But no, it was really fun. It was, again, it was in a tag match. I think it was me and a, a trainee who doesn't train anymore versus another trainee who doesn't train anymore and T-Bone. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, for the first match in a in a tag match, that obviously gave me more nerves than anything. Seeing that it was my first ever wrestling match, and I think at this point he was getting ready to go into the first NXT UK Championship tournament. Yes, what about two thousand? Yeah, two thousand sixteen, yeah. two thousand seventeen. He was getting ready to go into the tournament. I think there was a, I think this was a month or so before the tournament, and he had the tag match with us. Wow. And I was going, I, through my head, I was going, wow, I'm, I've literally, this is my first wrestling match. I remember as a kid watching people wrestle under the WWE logo. And now I'm wrestling against someone under the WWE logo. Wow, was, amazing. It was, it was amazing. Oh, it was so perfect. And it was so, it was really amazing as well. Like it was, it was kind. He was, obviously he, he probably won't like me saying this, <laughs> but he was, <laughs> He was kind. He was very um, careful with us, obviously, because he knew it was me and my tag partner's first match. So he made sure that everything went right, everything went smoothly, and it did. 
and I've I've got I've got to thank him every every single time I mention it because without him, the match wouldn't have gone as cleanly as it did. Yeah, I've I've met T Bone twice. Lovely bloke. Every time I've met. first time I've met him, I was at a wrestling media con to put up with him. He was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it was it was T Bone, Rich Swan. And Ollie and Luke from Wrestle Talk and me oh, for some reason having a conversation. I was like, I was, I was, yeah, I was just fanboying out about all the like all the heroes around me, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> 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 I bit, somehow got back, yeah, got tickets to be in the media bit. I was doing backstage backstage interviews and stuff, and I was like, oh, it was, yeah, yeah it was so good. So I had, I had to have a couple of yeah, beers to calm my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, it was like, it was like, oh, you, you, you got like, here's who you interviewed: Joe, Joe Hendry, Eli Drake, Trevor Lee, Eddie Edwards. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then uh, Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret was there, and I interviewed Adam Pacitti. I was like, oh, it's oh. an amazing day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, T Bone stood out as, as a lovely bloke that day. This is James Reed, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious podcast. So take us to the evolution of your character. So you've gone from Nine Stone Gladiator to going through to the future to where you are now. Then yeah. So obviously, like like we just said, it started as the. It wasn't really a rock solid gimmick, but it was something I just ran with for the first match to get it out of the way and done with. So we had the kind of Roman Gladiator, and then I I went into the first like few main roster shows, and I went with. The future MJ Max with the all in capitals and just yes, to yes. give it more emphasis and make something different. It's it's still the future which a lot of people call themselves, but it to me it felt like it was something different. I felt like personally, I portrayed it a bit more different. Yeah, I'm not saying that everyone else portrayed it the exact same, but I think I, I think when people think of someone that call themselves the future, they just think oh they're going to be full of themselves, thinking they're great. But I just brung more of like a legitimate, like legitimacy to myself, if anything, or I, I tried to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And then, and then I realised that if I wanted to to really evolve myself in 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 the world of wrestling, I I couldn't stick, I couldn't stay as the future anymore. And I was mm. a big fan. I was a really big fan of doing promos. I do promos in my bedroom with a deodorant can. I do promos in the shower. I do promos just in my head walking home to the gym or to the gym or walking home from the gym. I'd be making promos in my head. So I decided to go. I think I wrestled two times as the self-proclaimer MJ Max. Yeah. And that was just all about me doing promos, self-proclaiming who I am proclaiming what I'm going to do, proclaiming this, proclaiming that in promos. And I realised again that promos isn't going to skyrocket me into where I want it, into where I still want to be to this day. So now, when wrestling comes back, uh, hear, this, hear it here first. Yeah. <laughs> I am going back to wrestling. The first show was the butterfly of British, British wrestling, MJ Mack. I can't say too much on it because there is a lot of secrets that, and there's a lot of ideas that I have that still are yet to come into fruition. And I have a lot of plans for this certain character and gimmick that I hope will really, really work. But it's just going to be me times a thousand, which it should have been from day one. 
So, so why uh, why the a butterfly moniker? Um, the butterfly. I came up with it just randomly in my head. I thought that uh, before wrestling, I mean, sorry, before lockdown, I was scruffy. I looked scruffy. You know, I didn't have a lot of attire on. I just had like knee pads, uh, cake pads, boots, some chunks, and that was it. I had long hair that I didn't really do anything with. I had a big scruffy beard that, again, I didn't do anything with. I didn't make myself look any different. So I've took this lockdown, or as I'm going to call it, my hibernation period, my cocooning period, and I'm going to come back out of this hibernation. I'm going to come out of the cocoon at the end of the day after lockdown's all done. And I'm coming back as as the butterfly. So I've kind of gone into lockdown as this ugly, rough-looking caterpillar that no one really looks at. And people just shove to the side. And then when it all comes back, I'm this beautiful butterfly that no one can take their eyes off. Bright, shining everywhere, in everyone's faces, annoying everybody. And it's, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, because from the matches I've seen, you've your attire is predominantly black and white. So is this going to be like an explosion of colour in the butterfly? There is. There is going to be quite a bit of an explosion of colour when it comes to the to the next gear. I've only just received it yesterday yeah. as well. Oh, wow. But we're all sorted now. We've got all the gear ready, all the equipment that I need ready. So all I need to wait for is a is a date and a time and a place. In my head, I'm picturing you similar to like Car Noir. <laughs> A lot of people have a lot of people have com- uh, compared the kind of idea. A lot of people yeah. have compared the idea to people like Cara Noir, people like um, who are like people like Tyler Breeze. Yeah, but there's there's going to be something different about it. I can I'm going to make sure of it. Like I said, I've got a lot more plans that I have yet put into fruition that I want to to finish off the character. It's not even finished yet, and there's still a lot more plans to go with it. And I'm just yeah, going to try I'm, and make it as explosive and different as humanly possible. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to when British Wrestling returns. Just through these interviews, everybody's made like small little tweaks to their characters, and some of you have going quite. I've gone from like like Dave Grant's. He's he's kind of a big comedy character at the moment, but he he wants to go down like a darker route. And so there's yeah. lots of people making like little tweaks, and and some people have got. Like, uh, have you seen Kyle Kingsley? He's got an amazing shape during lockdown. So yes, I, yeah. I think it's just going to look so different. The, the, look, just the landscape of, of everywhere is going to look so different when it comes back because people have just had made brilliant use of this time off. They've healed yeah, up all I, these little I, injuries they had, tweaked I little characters they didn't like. To... I, I personally think that this lockdown was probably the best thing to ever happen to British wrestling in quite a long time. And it sounds it sounds ridiculous because if if there was more shows, there'd be a lot more love and hype and everything about wrestling. But I think at the mm-hmm. moment, I think we needed this. I think everybody needed this break. And with everything that's happened during this break as well, I think it's it's done the world of British wrestling and professional wrestling in general so much good. So since your last match, we've had like the the black, we've had both the Black Lives Matter movement and speaking out movements. So what are you? What are you hoping to see when... British wrestling. Um, people are going to say this word a lot, but equality. Mm. Yes. I, I can't wait. Personally, I cannot wait to see what promoters do behind the scenes and in front of the crowd 
to make wrestling look and feel more different. Because obviously Black Lives Matter, Speaking Out Movement, they both kind of not happen at the same time, but they kind of happen one after another. Yeah, definitely. And it it sent shockwaves through the wrestling world, especially obviously the Speaking Out Movement, which was all about British wrestling in general. And obviously people outside of wrestling uh, finally speaking out about everything, which I'm really it's proud of. Par- Parliament's oh. talking about it. Yeah, I'm really proud that it's gone from uh, people in wrestling talking about wrestlers uh, speaking out about them to now going to Parliament and people just in general coming out about their own stories and saying that the speaking out movement helped. I think one or two people called me personally and told me their stories personally. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. me and obviously yeah. I haven't told anyone else. And to, to me, that was, I don't know, it was such a amazing feel. And that it sounds strange, but it was such an amazing feel to to for people to think that they can call me and tell me their stories and kind of confide in me, yeah, and let and let me help them kind of cope and tell them not exactly what to do, but say, look, you can do this, or you can do this, or you can go here, or you can go you can go to this from here. And mm-hmm. when That's wrestling amazing. comes. And when wrestling comes back, yeah, equality and more, really more safeguarding because the people that were spoken out about just were the, were just they blended in. You you wouldn't think you wouldn't think that they'd be the people that were spoken out about. You think they were just one of the, one of the average Joes, just a wrestler, but and they blended just into the crowd before lockdown. But now after lockdown and the amount of spontaneous names that popped up out of nowhere, it's. Real, I, I was real really surprised man. by some of the names that came out. Do you think that it just need the me like was like a there's been talk like a like a northwest version of the NWA where they have a governing body where have all the companies sign up to like a certain like a list of I don't think the right word not Safe rules policies. But, say, for, uh, yeah, like a, a a list of policies or sign up for. Like I was really surprised that you don't have like first aiders. It's not a a thing you have to have. Oh, uh, yeah, I was very surprised and, when I first started going to the shows that I first started going to at the first promotion that I ever worked for, hmm. and there was and there was no first days, and I, I it was running through my head. Why is there no one here if something goes wrong? I work in an office, and we have to have a first aid in the office. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I work at a, I work at a kids arcade, and we have to have a, a, a first aid. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know how you don't have to be CRB checked if you work if you work in family shows. So these things have shocked me when people have been telling me. I was like, I just thought this is like basic stuff. This should be. I guess if you're in an industry, it's not regulated, and there's nobody to tell you you have to do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think I think uh, I know a few promoters that are working really really hard behind the scenes to make their shows the backstage. Obviously, with all the wrestlers and in front of the crowd, they're they're working so hard to make sure everything's going to be more safe, everything's going to be more secure. And uh, I, I think that's up to us performers to to do as well. To be fair, I don't think it's it's got a lot to do with the promoters and what rules they have for their promotion. But I think it's up to us performers to follow them rules and at the end of the day, not be. A horrible person, which isn't difficult I think, to do. I, I think I think it's up to the performers to take the power back from the promoters as well. Because at the end of the day, you haven't got a show about the performers. So if, if you're a, a bad promoter, you all come together and say we're not worth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it has, it, has, it has to be better. 
I know a few people have done that for a few promoters as well. Obviously, a few promoters have also been spoken out about. So I know there's, mm. I know friends, good friends that have that have told promoters we're not working for you unless you do this and you do that to make it more safer and a better place for us to work. And that that's why that's what it should have been since day one. Really, if I'm going to be honest, it's, that's what it should have been like from day one. But unfortunately, it's it's took this lockdown to make it happen but i'm glad it's happened yeah definitely i'm, I'm, I'm so excited for brit rest to be back and I just, i'm really interested to see how it's going to be different so i think especially on in the women's wrestling side of things it, it was a, a, great, a great resurgence in the last 18 months two years is when oh, i started going yeah and i started i thought it was probably 2000 late 2016 17 i started going regularly to british shows and you'd have like a token women's match in the middle of the show usually a multi-women match not, not really a storyline maybe they'll just throw it, the women's championship in there just because they have to yeah. have a women's championship but it wasn't it wasn't on the poster but in the last 18 months I've seen women win Royal Rumbles there's been like Royal Rumbles where like a quarter of the, the top participants have been women I've seen women headline shows and it's great. I'm I'm so happy for women's wrestling in general when it comes to whether it's in America or here in here in, in the UK. British British women's wrestling, American women's wrestling has come on so strong, and I'm a I'm a big fan of women's wrestling and watching it in general as well because yeah. I've learned so much from watching it as well. And it's a shame that they've been held back for so long and. It's been a shame that they were treated the way they've been treated in the past because at the end of the day, women women matches and women shows can be absolutely barn burner of matches. That's why I was quite disappointed because there was a rumour that Payback was Evolution 2, which I thought would have been a great... If it was headlined by... If they had the Oscar, Bailey, Sasha from SummerSlam, if they had that mm. as it's on a women's show, I thought that would have... Yeah, I think Evolution 2 should probably... I think they'll do it again at some point. I hope they do, because I was a big fan of, Evolu- of Evolution 1. But we'll... This is the infamous Cameron Solis, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. <laughs> This will be my last question, but it's a biggie. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no worries. All right, so um, so if you're a promoter for a day, promoting a show, so using wrestlers you've either worked with or trained with, wrestlers who are like yeah associated with you in some way or other, if you have a little story to go with it, that'd be cool. Um, so if I give you a match type, you tell me who would be in that match. Sounds awesome. Cool. So who would be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Get the crowd excited, all right. Let's have a bit of a think about this one. To get the crowd excited and ready for the show. Opening match, I'd have... And this sounds this sounds crazy. I'm going to apologise to him if he listens to this. I'm going <laughs> to have Big Guns Joe on the opener because I am oh, such yes. a huge fan of Big Guns. I think I think he could get any crowd going. Whether it's whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, yeah. The last time I saw going, he can get him riled up, ready for the show. Yeah, last time I saw him, he was a face, and I've never been to a show where he's a face before, and it was weird. (laughs) But I did like. (laughs) So Wrestle Island, he's like one of the biggest heels. But when we went to see him taking issues, his big face. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say Big Guns Joe versus. um, Let's. 
Uh, the guy I faced, uh, the man I faced at this is wrestling's uh, pre-show, Joel Redgrove. Oh, yes. He's, he's wrestled against people at Crush Ridgeway. I, I obviously wrestled against him at This Is Wrestling in the pre-show, and he was he was fantastic. I, I loved working with him. I loved watching his watching his stuff, kind of revising on what he did before our match. So I, I sit yeah. them two together, and I, and I think with what Joel does in the ring and what Joe can do, in the ring and what they both can do outside the ring for the crowd as well. I th- I think that I think that's an absolute barn burner of a match. That to be fair, that'd be great. That'd be great. Oh, I really want to sit. That's yeah. I'd really like to watch that match. Um, what about a comedy match? Comedy match. <laughs> comedy match. Right. Let's have a think. Comedy wrestling. Um. Ah. <laughs> let's have a think. The flight commander Nash. Yes. <laughs> versus. Somebody I, want, somebody I really want to see live. I've never seen him live yet. Have you not? I've seen him lots of times. Uh, I've seen him lots of times on video on YouTube, but I've never seen him. Uh, like, yeah, Commander Nash versus... I'll just have the name then. Versus Sexy Kev. Yes. I, 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 reckon the, I reckon them two can have a good match, but also yeah. I reckon that those two together will be able to put quite a, a comedic but really good wrestling match together. Yeah, definitely. Um, your women's title match? Women's title match has got to be Rio versus... Uh, who, have I, who have I trained and wrestled? Rio versus Lana Austin. Oh, yes. I, I, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying this the whole time, but I think that's going to be... An, I think that would be an absolute show steal if that was for the women's title that I, that I somehow created. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Lana Aston wrestle once live, and it was against Sue Young at WrestleMania Fest, and it was probably the match of the night. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of them both. Rio, I've I've trained with a few times. Lana, I think I've trained with Lana once. Mm. Um, but both big big fans of them both. About a uh, hardcore extreme rules uh, type of stipulation. Uh, I'm gonna make this a hardcore match. I know. Uh, do I do I say that? <laughs> I know there was a promotion that wanted to do this match, um, but I no, I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the, <laughs> I'm gonna put the paradox as a tag yes. team. Which members? Uh, right, RJ, because I know RJ is a big fan of death matches. Yeah, and I, I watched him. Do, I watched him do a death match in front of fifteen people. Yeah, I heard he did that. I've I've seen the pictures of the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd so I'd stick RJ and, and Connor Klein. So I think um, I think Andy yeah. Knox and and Rye are more more technical, speedy kind of wrestlers. Not that RJ and Connor. Yeah. Are. Uh, so I'd stick RJ and Connor versus oh, who have I trained and wrestled with as a tag team. I've not trained or wrestled with them, but I've been on the same show as them, and they've wrestled before. And I was a big fan of what yeah. they did, the, dog, the Dogs of War. Oh yes, I was. A, I was a big fan of the matches that they had together, uh, and I'm pretty sure one of them was a Extreme Rules hardcore match. Yeah, I, I, I was a big fan of what they did, so I'll, I'll, I'd very, very happily stick them two in the them four in the ring together again. Yeah, they had a. I think I think it was a street fight that. Wrestle Island, Britannia, yeah. tag team. Yeah, that was it. The street that's, fight. That's, that's, it was. It was a great match. Uh, your tag team title match. Tag team title match. I'd have to stick. Um, oh, what? Mine's gone blank completely. Uh, 
tag team. I think about who I've trained with. Uh, Shiko Sham and Big T. I know they've yes. done a couple. I know they've done a fair, a fair few tag team matches together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I stick them two as, as a tag team, and I'd stick them probably again. It's going to sound strange, but Joey Hayes and DDL. Mm. Damon Lake. I know. I know them to have a long history of wrestling together, and I don't think yeah. I. I can't recall watching them personally being a tag team together. And I think the mix of Joey and Damon together as the proper big baby faces versus the huge heels, Big T, Sheik El Sham. I think that's a that's a clash of the titans right there. That'd be an interesting match. So that would be your intergender match. Intergender match. I'm gonna stick Tell Bannerman in there because I know I know Tell can again work any crowd. He can he can work with anyone. Yeah. Uh, and I'll stick Tell. I'll put Tell again. Uh, Session Moth Martina. Oh wow. <laughs> Tell's probably gonna hate me for that one. I feel hilarious. But uh, but again, I I just reckon that that'd be a. A really fun watch because I'm I'm all about like just wondering what people are gonna do together. Like people that normally don't face each other, like like uh me, very small, very slim, versus someone like uh, a big T Justice who's like twice mm. the size of me or twice as tall as me. Um and people think oh they're just gonna do the normal big guy, short guy kind of stuff, but you never know, you could pull something out of the bag that's completely different that people didn't expect. So sticking to, I always love sticking two different kind of wrestling styles and putting them together, like putting a, an indie wrestler against a technical. I'm all, I'm a big fan of putting them two together. Have you had like a super serious towel versus proper half drunk in, in kayfabe half drunk Martina? I think that'd be hilarious. I <laughs> <laughs> reckon the crowd would eat that right up. Cool, and then you've got your main events, so. Your championship match, you can put any stipulation, have as many people as you want in it. What will be your main event? Uh, main event, Dean Allmark is in there. Yes. Dean Allmark. I'm going to stick a lot of people in this. Okay. There's going to be a lot of names here. So there's going to be Dean Allmark versus Ashton Smith. Wow, yeah. Versus um, Dick <laughs> Xavier. Yeah, wow. Versus James Drake. Yeah. Versus Zachary Wentz. Oh wow! <laughs> Which is, and I know people listening to this are gonna think that's really like, what's that five five really random names to pull out of the bag? And I don't know why I pulled them exact names out of the bag, but I, again, just for the main event and the names and what and their abilities in the ring that they've all got individually, and the prestige as well that they've all got individually, I I reckon that that'll be um. That'll be, be a amazing show. Yeah, definitely. That'll be an amazing show. I like this card. It'll be an amazing show. <laughs> I've, I've wrote all the matches down, <laughs> so I'll uh, I'll be contacting them all next week. These <laughs> <laughs> three or four grand. To... <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I need. Come on, then. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, so this is where I'd usually ask, where can people see in the near future? Have you got an inklings of dates coming well, up? Or? Uh... In the near future, or even the distant future, I just see myself wrestling, and it sounds cliche, and all the wrestlers might mm-hmm. even might will probably say the same that oh, in a few years I'll see myself wrestling because I love it so much, and I'm the exact same. 
I'm not, I don't have any intentions and I've never had any intentions of leaving it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just, my love, my love for the sport has just grew so much stronger ever since I started and to this day and when I watched SummerSlam and it's just, it doesn't stop going up the the amount of love and the amount of passion and the amount of intensity that I I have for it. Mm. So I think I I think I will wrestle or be wrestling until I until I physically can't anymore until either I have a serious injury or oh yeah that's it until I have a serious injury or that's it old age just catches up with me. Oh, wow, <laughs> just the prediction for when. Brett Russell will be back. I know, I, know, I know TNT Ignition, not TNT Extreme, I've announced a couple of dates in October. Yeah, um, I think when it comes to full-time, though, like shows every every month, um, there's all like, like the times where there's always a show to go to, will probably be early to mid next year, which yeah, pains yeah. me to say that, but I reckon early to mid next year and we'll be I think we as a community will be very 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 lucky if we go back to normality by the end of this year. Yeah I've heard a couple of promoters saying they could put on a show now but they'll make massive losses because they could only have like 30 fans or, or they'd have to put the ticket prices like four times the amount they would usually yeah. pay for so pretty much pointless <laughs> to, to <do. laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love I'd wrestling. Put on a big show with no fans. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'd love wrestling to come back, and I'd I'd love for uh, for it to come back full time. Like if I just woke up tomorrow and it came back full time tomorrow, but obviously yeah, yeah. that's just not going to be the case. And it's it's just patience and the waiting game now. I think we're all, or most of us are ready. I think we're all of us are starting to train or already training. So I think by the time the government says. Normality can resume, wrestling shows can resume, the normal fans can come in, you know, you can go wherever you want. I think I think twenty twenty one will be the time where all of us really, really shine. And I can't wait to see what happens really. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to see your butterfly persona and how, how <laughs> I can't wait to see it either. I can't wait to see it. It'll be really, really fun. Are you gonna put in a like a whole new style a wrestling style? Yes, there's gonna be yeah, there's gonna be new new moves, new move set completely, new finishes, new uh, submission coming into my arsenal soon, a new oh, way wow. of a new way of completely just a new me completely, and that sounds very again cliche, but it's literally just gonna be a complete brand new MJ Max that no one would ever mm. think you'd see post uh, yeah, post lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> right, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Uh, my social medias, I've got Instagram that I use quite a lot of the time, which is MJ underscore Max, the two X's underscore wrestler. I've got a big cartel page. The link's on my Instagram bio. I've got Facebook. I've got Twitter. All you need to do is type in MJ Max, and you will either find me or you'll find uh, a TK Max advert, and you'll probably get some clothes from there. But either way, I think <laughs> you'll you'll find me. You'll be able to find me. Or watch a PJ Mask episode. Or watch, <laughs> yeah, or watch one of them if you really, if you're really intrigued on in what they are. Yeah, I'll put I'll put links to everything in the description anyway. So if anybody wants to follow you on any of the socials, check the description for links. So I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. 
when everything's back to normal and we can discuss the new persona and stuff. Absolutely. Sounds perfect. Cool. That 